Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. White privilege is just an acknowledgement that our world is uneven. We live in a country that's unequal. All human beings share solidarity. All of us are made in God's image equally and therefore worthy of dignity. We're all ruined and rebellious against God and therefore calls us solidarity in sin. We all need the same Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Nothing new to see here, people. Let's just move along. Please, this is Wretched Radio. You're about to be blessed. You say, Friel, that's impossible. You're about to play a clip from the Colbert Show. I know that isn't the blessing. The blessing is everything that Whoopi Goldberg said on the Colbert Show was already said on The View, so we're not going to listen to that, which is a blessing. (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg, if you didn't know, has said some things that have her in hot water. I don't know why anybody is shocked. I don't know why anybody is surprised. This is what you would expect from somebody who believes in critical theory. That's all we saw with Whoopi Goldberg on display on The View and on the Colbert program. As you listen to what frequently is somewhat incoherent, there's a reason for that. You don't speak Whoopi's language. You don't have Whoopi Goldberg's filter. You don't share her view. See what I did there? And that is why when you hear Whoopi Goldberg talk, you know something is wrong, but you don't know for sure what's wrong, but there's something wrong with this. Why can't I translate what Whoopi is saying? It's because you're not speaking what is now become everybody's second language, critical theory speak. This is Whoopi Goldberg on the Colbert Show. It, it upset a lot of people, yes. which was never, ever, ever, ever my intention. I okay. thought we were having a discussion. Which I would certainly believe. I don't think there's anything about Whoopi Goldberg that is intending to be malicious. She's certainly liberal. She's not my political, philosophical, or religious cup of tea. She seems like a plenty nice lady. If she happens to be mean on the side, I don't know. But based on what I've seen, she seems like one who's not trying to anger people. And she did. Uh, because I've, I feel being black when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. And she's now going to start explaining her comments on The View, which were the Holocaust was not about race. The Holocaust was actually about man's inhumanity to man. So I said that I I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are angry. I mean, I'm getting, you know, all of the, the mail from folks and. Mm-hmm. The very real anger because people feel very differently. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because as a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. That is super instructive. And that's the key to the confusion. Whoopi Goldberg steeped, no doubt, in critical theory She believes that the only racism that can exist on the planet is the white oppressor of black people. It's basically boiled down to that. Now, some folks in critical theory world might say, oh, there can be other forms of oppression. 
but that's rare. Mostly the critical theory position is white folks are the ones with the advantages and the privileges, and they have been baking the system in order to maintain their superiority. And therefore, because they are, this is a Marxist ideology, because they are the oppressor, the oppressed are the only ones who can experience racism. And Whoopi believes that would just be folks that share her amount of melanin. And that means that only black and white, specifically white against black, can be racism. Nothing else can be. That, that's why she said that the Holocaust wasn't about racism. She couldn't understand how somebody who was white could do something like that to somebody who was white. That wasn't racism. That was merely man's inhumanity to man. So I see you and I know what race you are. And the discussion was about how I felt about that. I felt that that it was really more about man's inhumanity to man and how horrible people can be to people. And we're seeing it manifest itself these days. And on and on it goes. Nothing to see here. Whoopi Goldberg, she stepped in it because of the shoes she's wearing. I don't know if that illustration really worked, but there's nothing to see in that. This is just critical theory manifesting itself again, dividing people Again, because that is what critical theory is, which is why, oh, dear pastor, if you even let a whiff of it into your church, you you're going to be experiencing the effects that Whoopi Goldberg is experiencing. It will just cause nothing but anger and division because that is what it is. And if you accommodate it in any way and I, I pastor, you run your church the way that you see fit. I would just share my observation that unless you approach critical theory in a rather confrontational sort of way, it it just kind of oozes into your building and you don't want that. This is yet another story that reminds me I was actually right last week. That's right. I actually said something that I just found support for in the Bible. Friel, aren't you always supposed to be doing that? Yes. But last week, you may recall here on Wretched Radio, I said there are so many things that can cause consternation. Whoopi Goldberg would be one of them. <laughs> and so would every single story that you see on the news these days. The death, the mayhem, the anger, the way the nation is being run, the undermining of values. It could cause you to not have joy. So there I am. I believe it was Friday night reading my Bible was about 38 hours into my 74 hours of private quiet time when I just stumbled into Luke chapter 21. It's 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 just loaded with goodness this chapter. For instance, Luke chapter 21 begins, he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. Notice what he said? their gifts. He didn't say their tithes. He said their gifts because Jewish people paid their tithes to the government and to the temple, if you will. And then they gave what they wanted to, which is why Jesus doesn't use the word tithe. He uses the word gift and offering. Think of tithes as taxes. 
what you put into the plate on Sunday, although I don't think it's safe to do that anymore. That's your gift, and it should be whatever amount you want. Jesus does not affirm the tithe, but that's not the verse we were after. Even though, while I was reading it, I stumbled into Luke 21, 13, which says, I, it will turn out for you on an occasion for testimony. What, what was he talking about? The context of this chapter is the tribulation that's going to come, the, tempt- the, the problems, the earthquakes, the wars, the terrible leaders. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And what does he basically summarize? First Peter. It'll be an opportunity for you to give a testimony. So the big bulk of Luke chapter 21 is about tough times being persecuted. It's not going to be easy, but it'll give you a chance to share the reason for the hope that lies within you. It's interesting that we have a tendency, and rightly so, especially in the book of Matthew, to hear the words of Jesus and then go find that he was echoing a sentiment or downright quoting a verse from the Old Testament. But don't don't forget to look the other way, that Jesus said stuff that the epistle writers leaped onto. For instance, in Acts chapter 17, when Paul said, I reasoned with them from the scriptures that the Messiah had to suffer, die, and rise again. Where did he get that idea? Matthew chapter 26, when Jesus said from then on, he started teaching them about his suffering and death. So Paul ripped off his methodology from Jesus. And Peter ripped it off from Jesus from Luke chapter 21. But that's not our verse. So here it comes. It's tribulation. It's terrible times. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. There it is. There's, there's, there's an echoing of, of the sentiments that I was trying to express last week. We've got a million Whoopi Goldbergs these days. And you've got a million more people who believe in terrible ideologies that are anti-God. They're not just postmodern. They're not just post-Christian. They're anti-God. That's what Jesus is describing in, in this chapter of Luke. It's going to be it's gonna be bad. It's, it's, not, it's not, don't lose your joy. Don't let anybody rob you of the joy that is to be in you. Don't let the bad news bake a bitter cake. Again, I'm not sure that illustration worked exactly, but I think you get the point. And so I would simply challenge myself first and then perhaps ask you to consider challenging yourself. Has the news du jour caused you to be robbed of your joy? If so, may I ask you, are you working hard to get it back? Because Jesus doesn't want you to be crabby and agitated. He wants you to have joy. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare? 
Affordable Biblical Health Sharing has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. Have you been getting the monthly Wretched newsletters into your email? If you haven't, you should feel slighted and left out because you're really missing out. You're missing messages that are thorough and in-depth and cover a wide range of theological issues Christians are facing. You're missing updates on all the new things going on at Wretched. Updates on resource release dates, updates on upcoming sales in the Wretched store, and the most important update of all, Todd's haircut and beard trim schedule. And you're missing out on it all if if you're not subscribed. But it's simple to rectify this huge mistake in your life. Just head over to wretched.org newsletter and get all signed up. Oh, and I forgot to mention, as a subscriber to the Wretched Monthly Newsletter, you're eligible to win free stuff. We give resources away every day here at Wretched Radio to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss the free stuff. Wretched.org newsletter. That's wretched.org newsletter. Wretched. Amazing grace, amazing gospel. 59 million people died last year from diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes. But the number one leading cause of death, its very own category of 42.6 million lives that ended abortion. It is hands down the number one leading cause of death on the globe. And that statistic can overwhelm us and cause us to give up. But it should motivate us to get engaged, get involved, and fight for one life at a time. And we can do that through preborn.org slash wretched. $28 buys an ultrasound. 80% of the time, mom chooses life. That is a good investment that saves lives. Would you please consider supporting as many ultrasounds as you can at preborn.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Athenagoras was a Christian philosopher in Athens who used his training to defend the Christian faith against Roman persecution. He wrote on the resurrection of the dead, arguing that the nature of God, the nature of humanity, and the concept of justice only make sense if there is a physical resurrection. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Perhaps you've lost that joyful feeling and you can't go on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Wretched Radio. It ain't hard these days to get a little bit sour, to become crabby, to be agitated by people. Perhaps you've experienced this in your own heart. The best place to test if you've become a crabby Christian is on the road. Not driving to a particular destination, but just driving. How do you react to people? How do you react to bad service? How do you react to somebody who disconnects you after you've been on hold already for 20 minutes? And, yeah. If that perhaps describes how you have been responding 
to any of the annoyances of life, and there are plenty of them, we should anticipate that. But if your response has not been a little bit more level, I'm not saying that you have to like it when somebody cuts you off in traffic. You don't have to be grateful that somebody honked at you for being a bonehead driver. But we shouldn't be annoyed perpetually. And I found in my own life some of that creeping in. And I want to stop it before it gets a foothold. So the question is, how do you get rid of those feelings? And I think the answer is diet. No, not counting calories, but considering the content of the information that you are feeding yourself every day. I think it really starts there. If your brain is baked with bad news, what would we anticipate our hearts to respond like? They're just natural. They go, they go hand in hand. Bad news and agitation are good friends. And if those two have been hanging out in your heart, you just need to cut off one of the friends and the other one will go away. You need to cut off the source of the agitation, which is feeling like everything is a disaster. You know, I, I, I know there's a lot of bad stuff going on, but I might suggest that maybe we don't need to know about all of it. We should know about some of it, but we don't need to know about all of it. And maybe just maybe by cutting off our source, the fountain of our agitation, something else might take its place, take its place. And that is joy. May I ask you another test question? When you hear or see some good news, how do you respond to that? Yeah, well, that's good. But do you know what's going on at that mega church down the street? How do you respond even to good news? And I actually think there is a little bit of hope and good news for us right now regarding the issue of Christian freedom and liberty. Do I think it is under assault? Yes. Yes, I do. But who's doing the assaulting now? Now, please note, next week I might sing a different tune. But today, as of this moment, Who is doing the Christian persecution? I would say mostly, not exclusively, but mostly it's your fellow citizens. Consider the story in Great Britain. The nurse gets fired for wearing a cross. Consider any of the stories of Christians being fired in this country because, oh, it might be masked with a mandate or a vaccine, but frequently it's because they're Christian. Who's doing that sort of persecution mostly? Now, please note, I recognize the government is in varying degrees. We're seeing the government also try to tighten the screws on liberties and freedoms. I, 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 I don't think that that's deniable. But in light of all of that, have you noticed the court case? decisions that have been rendered lately jimmy have you seen now maybe there is one but overall for instance the lady who's the the nurse in great britain she was exonerated for that she was she was that was like oh that's right you can't be firing people because of their religion freedom one religious liberty one and i have seen 
nothing but winning on, on the side of religious freedom and free speech in the courts. Now, I know you've got politicians that would like to change that. And I know that we're feeling it from civilians who are trying to implement it. But it seems at this moment the court isn't standing for it. Jimmy? Yeah, I don't I don't I can't think of anything that is rendered a final verdict where freedom didn't get upheld right now for instance there is some there's some legislation i can't speak for canada because uh, was it c4 got passed and, and we'll see how that plays out in the courts because i'm certain there's some canadian attorneys who are suing to overturn that piece of legislation and in america we are seeing our government do that but the courts don't seem to be buying it. In fact, here's a subject that's near and annoying to all of our hearts. Mandates, the government mandating the vaccine. It hasn't stood. The courts are going, nope. Even recently, I saw a story of a school that was making the kids wear masks or they'd send them home. That lost. Judge jumped in and went, nope, can't be doing that. So I'm not saying that everything is rosy, that everything is ducky. I'm only asking when we do hear good news, does it tip our scale at all? Does it cause us to respond with good? Hey, I can actually enjoy this moment. Isn't that how our feelings work? Something happens, but you have carking cares so it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know my team won the Super Bowl, but I, I've got this situation where I could be losing my job. Isn't that how it how it works? And I get that. And there are times when we should be pensive. And there are times when we should be aware of things and that we have to deal with things. And there is a time to mourn. There is a time to be troubled. There is a time for those things. But I'm merely asking, do you get to enjoy any good news? Are you enjoying your children? Are you enjoying your spouse? Are you enjoying time at the table? Is life more characterized by joy or by concern? And potentially even anger and frustration. It appears that there are too many in the church that are following the world. A headline from, uh, I think it's the Federalist, a happier society would have more children. Uh-oh, if this article is accurate, that people are not happy. They're concerned about the future. They're worried about institutions. They don't like what they see. They're not having kids. And I think that that, that could be a reasonable fruit of anxiety, not understanding sovereignty. People are like, I'm not going to bring a kid into this world. I'm not going to add that to my plate. They, they, they're a lot of work, and I've already got so much on my mind, I can't possibly add the blessing of children. I hope that isn't true for you as a believer. Americans are the unhappiest they've been in more than half a century, and they're not having children. This is the general social survey from the Washington Post. 19% of Americans last year said they were very happy. 19%. Now, I know the difference between happiness and joy. Synonyms definitely have some differences. Happiness is fleeting. 
Happiness is based on externals. I believe that joy is a shalom sort of feeling. It's encompassed in the word peace, irene, if you are more into Greek than Hebrew. And it is something that is settled. It is something that is lasting. And it is something that is internal. That's what shalom is. Shalom is that great catchword that basically is anything that's good about life. That's what it's supposed to be. Shalom is what life should be like. Wholeness. That we have tranquility. To use the word peace, which is way more than there's not a battle raging. It's I'm settled. I'm, I'm content. I'm okay. And typically, by the way, shalom comes from and a permanent agreement between two parties, interestingly. We're to have that shalom. Blessed are those who you should have a shalom that surpasses all understanding. And if you don't, maybe you're not happy and you're not having kids either. That seems to be the trend for America. What else can we do to not just cut off the bad news that leads to crabbiness as opposed to contentment, shalom, and joy? Let's not just put off the bad news. Ephesians 4, the Christian life, it's always, yep, putting off. Don't do that. Stop. Nope. Don't be doing that. Put off. But put on good news. Put on good things. Perhaps instead of listening to another podcast, which is filled with doomsday prognostications, how's about listening to a sermon? Instead of reading the latest, aha, look at Hillary, what she did. I was about reading the words of Jesus. Nope. We don't stick our heads in the sand. But our eyes, our ears, our thoughts should be consumed with God thoughts. And when we replace the bad with his thoughts, inevitably you will have what God wants you to have. Joy unspeakable. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. A couple of months back, we told you of a church in Brookings, Oregon, that was being limited in helping the homeless. The church regularly provides free meals to the homeless and needy and has done so for 75 years, but a new city ordinance is limiting the number of times the church can do that. The church, in turn, filed a federal lawsuit last week after several failed attempts to find common ground with city leaders. The church is asking the federal court to invalidate the ordinance and any further measures to enforce the ordinance against the church. A federal appeals court has allowed a Tennessee law banning baby murder performed based on an unborn baby being diagnosed with Down syndrome to take effect. The move reverses an earlier court decision that blocked the law. The state also passed and signed into law a heartbeat ban in 2020. That restriction still remains blocked by the courts. A story now from Germany. In this story, it has an area I'm sure many of us would agree with and an area that I'm sure many of us would loudly disagree with. Recently, a senior German Catholic cardinal, Reinhard Marx, called for the priestly vow of celibacy to be abolished and Catholic clerics be allowed to marry. And I can get on board with that. But Marx also recently voiced his support for ordaining homosexual men to the priesthood. And that is where we're going to have to part ways. A high school student in Indiana has been given permission to relaunch a pro-life club she started last year that school officials shut down. 
She filed suit against the school, alleging bullying tactics forced her to shut down the club. The school is now back down and is allowing her to relaunch the club, but the legal process is not over as the student still seeks assurances from the court that the school will not intervene and try to shut her down in the future. Good for her. A bit of confusion and dismay seems to be going on in South Dakota, where Republican pro-life Governor Kristi Noem proposed a heartbeat bill much like the one from Texas to ban abortions after a heartbeat is detected. But the bill has been rejected by state Republican lawmakers. They argue that the bill could jeopardize chances of ultimately outlawing abortion in South Dakota. The end goal of both sides is absolutely the same of putting an end to murdering babies. Maybe they could just sit down and discuss things and come to an agreement. A Christian apologist traveling to participate in a debate about Christianity in Islam was stopped and beaten unconscious in Uganda last week. He was about two-tenths of a mile from his destination when he was ambushed by six Muslims in Islamic attire. Fortunately, the 43-year-old Christian survived the assault. And as we tell you daily here at Wretched, please make sure that you are purposefully and intentionally praying for all of our brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 385 AD. In Milan, Bishop Ambrose defies the Empress. This event helped to establish the precedent of the church confronting the state when necessary to protect Christian teaching and oppose injustice and corruption in government. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We interrupt this sound effect for this sound effect. This is Wretched Radio. <laughs> Indeed. Went to the YouTube machine to look for some heavenly music to set the tone to help us imagine what it will be like in heaven. So I'm thinking, Brian Adams, I, there, 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 there's, I think Fred Astaire, heaven, I'm in heaven. Went looking for that, and instead I found what you just heard. And I played it on the YouTube machine to get it queued up. And Jimmy, you asked what question? Is that Kane Brown? Yeah, it is. It's Kane Brown. (laughs) And the reason that I played it is because it has 477 million views. 477 million views. I believe it. And I said, how how do you know what this song is? How do you know this information? Because I did country radio for 20 years. All right. So my question is, so that we do not have to waste a second listening to something that is kind of a bait and switch where there's just sort of a reference to heaven, like he found his girl and he's in heaven. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything in this song that is actually about heaven? Uh, no. No. All right, so we don't need to play it then? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Was I right, though? He's in heaven because of the Goyle? Uh, I think so. I can't remember exactly offhand, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's around that. It's not. Okay, I actually just thought of a song that actually is good that, that, that thinks about heaven. And it too, let's see, this this one happens to be, wowza, it's had 99 million views. That ain't bad. Now the commercial first. Sorry about that. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you can go to a YouTube video, click on it because you want to watch it. A 15 second commercial comes up 
And if they don't give you the option to skip the ad within five seconds, you're like, oh, wow, I've got to listen to this for an extra 12 seconds. Thankfully, this has a skip. Here's the song. Tell me this song didn't make you happy. Tell me you didn't sing along with this, hopefully alone in your car. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine. That's a good song about heaven. I got to tell you, I that was, I, I don't know how Mercy Me is doing these days with their lyrics, but that's that's just some surrounded by your glory what will my heart sing will i dance for you jesus or in awe of you be still i don't know if i've got them in the right order but yes perhaps you need to take more trips to heaven you don't need to listen to mercy me but you could read about heaven every single day a brand new resource that isn't actually new but it is for us at wretched radio 50 days of heaven Reflections that bring eternity to light by Randy Elkhorn. Do you need to take more trips to heaven to be thinking less about this life and more about that life, which will help you to live this life better? But who set up this? We're either earth. If you're too heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Who said? How's about it can be both things? You're more heavenly minded and you do more earthly good. How's about that for a combo platter? This book will take you to heaven and, and, and force you, because you have to do it every day. It's a 50-day devotional series to think about other things. And I'm telling you, it will result in joy. Come on, tell me this song didn't make you feel better. What my eyes will see when your face is before me, I can only imagine. All right. So you've been seeing the face of the president and it agitates you. I understand. You see liberal politicians and you're like, how's about imagining being face to face with Jesus Christ? The God man who is still a man with a body. It's an eternal body, which is the same type you're going to get because of his death, burial and resurrection. You're going to be with him face to face. You, you you have been brought into the presence of God. That's what Romans 5 teaches, isn't it? We have been introduced to what? To God. Jesus introduces us to the Father. We get to know him and be known by him. And we can experience that today if we think what, of what that will be like tomorrow when we're actually with him. Doesn't that thought make you feel better? about what's going on in Washington, D.C.? Doesn't singing yeah make you feel better? Okay, that was a bit of a stretch. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand? To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine. Mm. 
can only imagine. Jimmy would like for you to help us imagine. I hold in my never-before nicotine-stained fingers. 50 Days of Heaven, Reflections That Bring Eternity to Light by Randy Elkhorn. Available at wretched.org, I think, slash heaven. You'll find it in the store. Jimmy? Yes? Guess what number you have to pick. One Between 1 and 50. Look at you. Oh, Radio guy with the math skills. You know who the Kane... <laughs> What was Brown, his name? Kane Brown. Kane has he had a hit since then? By the way, uh, oh yeah, yeah, he's pretty popular. Oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, that song is horrible. I just looked up the lyrics. <laughs> like, like offensively horrible. No, 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 not offensively. Just, uh, it's just not, not something you care to repeat. Well, it, if it's not about the girl, if heaven's not like being with the girl, he don't want to go. I told you. Yeah, that's that's what it's basically. That's thoroughly predictable. Right. Yeah, there was there there was another song, country song that was like that, where it's like, uh, well, you do you know which one I'm talking? It's sort of recent. No. You've been out of the biz now for yeah. too long, so you don't very predictable. Pick a number between one and fifty. Twenty. Twenty. Let's turn. You could turn your copy with me. If you had one, day twenty. Christ's resurrection body. Well, how perfect is this? The model for ours, the Lord Jesus Christ, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body, Philippians 3. A quote from Johnny Erickson Tata. Somewhere in my broken, paralyzed body is the seed of what I shall become. The paralysis makes what I am to become all the more grand when you contrast atrophied useless legs against splendorous resurrected legs i'm convinced that if there are mirrors in heaven and why not the image i'll see will unmistake be mis- unmistakably johnny although a much better brighter johnny <sighs> stew on that if you're dealing with ongoing pain this morning in our staff meeting we heard prayer requests for a lot of people who were in pain. Uh, I, I heard about a saint in Colorado who is suffering so mightily. It is, it is a perpetual 10 in her world. The pain is unrelenting. Won't be that way in heaven. Does it make the pain go away? No, but it gives some perspective and hope and even joy. We can know a lot about our resurrection bodies. Why? Because we're told a great deal about Christ's resurrected body, and we're told that our bodies will be like his. Beloved, we are God's children. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Okay. So you want to know what you're going to be like in heaven? Study Jesus. That's what Randy Elkhorn does. Just as we have borne the likeness of earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven, 1 Corinthians 15. Though Jesus in his resurrected body proclaimed that he was not a ghost, countless Christians think they'll be ghosts in heaven. (laughs) They think they'll be disembodied spirits. No. The magnificent, cosmos-shaking victory of Christ's resurrection, by definition, a physical triumph over physical death in a physical world, escapes too many people, and it shouldn't escape you. You're going to get a body that lasts forever. And because infinity, eternality, is a number that would ultimately cause any sort of deficiency or illness to ultimately 
bring you right back to the 10 you were experiencing on earth, there's going to be none. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all going to be beautiful people, that my nose will be half the size that it currently is, leaving it just huge as opposed to a massive honker. That's, that's, that's not what God is after. You're going to get a body that goes on forever. Randy Elkhorn continues describing what Jesus is like, what he did with his resurrected body. And when we study that, we can think about, oh, that's what it's going to be like for eternity. Would you like to know what Jesus' body was like so you can know what your body is going to be like? No, I'm not going to say stay tuned. I'm going to say get yourself a copy of 50 Days of Heaven by Randy Elkhorn, available at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. What tends to come to mind when you think of heaven? Do you picture pillows of clouds, fat baby angels, the strumming of eternal harps? Don't feel bad if those are thoughts that you've had over the years, because honestly, the world and the media has portrayed heaven to be just that, cartoonish. But trust me, you're in for much more than that. God has etched eternity onto our hearts because as Christians, we long for heaven. It's our home. Earth is temporary. We know heaven will be our permanent home and our permanent location. And that's why our minds tend to wonder what it will be like. And Randy Alcorn, he's compiled 50 inspiring and thought-provoking devotions that will keep our minds focused on the things above. He covers common questions that many of us tend to have about eating, relationships, pets, working, among other possibilities of what heaven will be like. So do yourself a favor, avail yourself to Randy Alcorn's 50 Days of Heaven. It's available now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org. If any you have been looking for a reason to sponsor your very own Tomorrow Club in Eastern Europe, perhaps this story from Max, the national director in Ukraine, will inspire you to visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Arsene, just five years old, escaped his home and came to the camp. His grandmother would not let him. She was cursing all Christians. His grandmother sadly passes away. So he kept coming. Not only that, he brought his parents and they repented. So this family gives the house where the grandma used to live to the church. And that's where the Tomorrow Club meets. And that story is not a one-off. Families getting saved constantly through the Tomorrow Clubs in Eastern Europe. Would you please consider supporting your own Tomorrow Club? 30 disciples, $30 per month. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. I want to share with you voicemails we receive nearly daily here at Wretched. Wretched Radio has just really impacted my life. Just really brought me closer to God. Through your video, God saved me. Wouldn't know what to do if I didn't have NRB and Wretched TV. Just wanted to say that Wretched has changed my life. We are grateful to hear the testimonies of our listeners and our viewers, and we want you to also hear the lives that are being impacted by you, our gospel partners. These testimonies aren't about Todd. They're not about Wretched Radio or TV. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we do at Wretched without the support of our gospel partners. So would you prayerfully consider becoming a gospel partner today if you aren't already? Help us to reach the lost all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ because ultimately the glory is all His. It's not Wretched's. It's not even yours. But it is your efforts that help make our efforts possible. And all of those efforts are to the praise and glory of God alone. Get complete details right now at wretched.org slash donate. 
Books of the Bible. The book of Ruth tells of a Moabite widow who chose to follow the God of Israel and found favor in the eyes of a godly man named Boaz, who claimed her family's land as her kinsman redeemer. Ruth and Boaz are the ancestors of Jesus and a foreshadowing of Jesus' work as our kinsman redeemer. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's not just light bright that makes things with lights. What a sight seeing things with light bright. What a sight to see lights in heaven. This is Wretched Radio. I couldn't help it. Wasn't going to dive into Randy Elkhorn's understanding of what our resurrected bodies will be like. But he ponders something that's based in the Bible. He doesn't say this is definitively the way that it's going to be, but is it possible that you will be a light? I mean, not like a bulb, but that you'll literally shine. Isn't that how Daniel 12 describes that we're like stars in the heavens? They shine varying degrees of brightness, incidentally, but shining nonetheless. This is from Randy Elkhorn's book, 50 Days of Heaven, Reflections That Bring Eternity to Light. It's a devotional that will take you to heaven for 50 days and maybe take your mind off of the stuff that's been bumming you out and cause you to have loftier thoughts that bring some joy. Again, he's writing some of this speculating. He acknowledges that, but if we don't study Jesus' body, how how will we know what our body is going to be like? We have every reason to conclude that it's going to be similar in some way. Now, not perhaps in every way. Are you going to be able to walk through a wall? I don't know. He did. He appeared. For, he was on this side and that side. So he was still able, of course, because he's still God, to control all of nature. Will we be able to do that? Don't know. Randy Elkhorn from his book. We shouldn't assume that Christ's body will look exactly as it did before his death and resurrection or that our bodies will look exactly as they do now. Some of us are going to be grateful for that more than others. During Christ's transfiguration, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing became as bright as a flash of lightning. Likewise, Elijah and Moses are described as appearing in glorious splendor. That's Luke 9. All right. We don't want to make a doctrine out of this, but the transfiguration was a unique event. This was the disciples seeing Jesus in his glory, not full glory, but in his glory. Isn't God using regularly using light terminology? Doesn't Jesus Christ call himself the light of the world? When the transfiguration took place, his physical appearance actually was transformed he became bright he was a light and moses and elijah had a splendorous appearance too jimmy you yeah. want to look up and see if there is such a word as splendorous splendor splendor okay. is it sp- i know oh, i'm so dumb it's splendorific they had splendorific bodies christ may literally shine in his kingdom on the new earth John says of the city, the lamb is its lamp, Revelation 21, 23. Christ appeared to Paul and blinded him on the road to Damascus. <laughs> With bright light, who are you, Lord? Or maybe better yet, who are you, Lord? Maybe that's the way that he phrased it. Likewise, 
Scripture promises us that the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father and will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, like the stars forever and ever. That's your Daniel 12, 3. Once we understand that Christ's resurrection is the prototype for the resurrection of mankind and the earth, we realize that scripture has given us an interpretive key to understanding human resurrection and life on the new earth. Shouldn't we interpret passages alluding to resurrected people living on the new earth as literally as those concerning Christ's resurrected life during the 40 days he walked on the earth? This book is profoundly helpful in helping us to think about what God has indeed prepared for us. And if you have been a little bit sour lately, perhaps a little bit joyless or hopeless, I would encourage you to get this book. It's available at wretched.org, 50 Days of Heaven. And with that, that brings us to dinner with my pastor. That's right. I got a text from my pastor saying, would you like to come to our house for dinner? My immediate assumption was, uh-oh, church discipline. And I'd have every reason to conclude that. But instead, we went to dinner and we did something that doesn't happen a lot. A lot of conversations around the dinner table among Christians these days are consumed basically with two subjects. One. Me, me and me. Well, that's true. <laughs> me and myself. Right. Yeah, we, we do love that aspect. But we'll talk about the COVID, the vaccines, the mandates, all of that. What's going on? The efficacy of the vaccine? What have been the side effects? Are they real? Are they imagined? Is there a connection? So we have all of those conversations. And we had some of those, too, on Saturday night. The other subject that we so often tend to linger over is the racial issue and, and, and what's going on in the world with, with, with the animosity between black and white. That's like, that's like a biggie to discuss along with the COVID business. And again, we talked about some of those subjects, but we did something really kooky. We actually spent time talking about Jesus. And in the midst of it, I realized, hey, this is fellowship. Getting together with a Christian to eat is nice, but it isn't fellowship unless your conversation, not the entire conversation that takes place, but unless your conversation is sprinkled with thoughts about Jesus, it's not fellowship. And my pastor, not surprisingly, shared with me a perspective that incentivizes me to evangelize and maybe even evangelize differently. We were talking about what heaven is going to be like, what God has done for us, all of the things that God does for us in Jesus Christ. It is a long laundry list. And he calls us as friends. Now, I know we've kind of trivialized it with a repetitive popular song on contemporary radio, but it's true. He calls us his friends, no longer enemies. Once your enemy, now seated at your table. That, that's, what, that's what God does for us. And my pastor said, mm, is it any wonder that God is so angry at the wicked every day? Not because of what they are doing, but because of what they're rejecting. 
the gospel message is, it goes, look, forgiveness of sins is a massive deal, but it just skyrockets past forgiveness. It, it includes relationship with God, being loved by God, being justified by God, being blameless before God, by being empowered by God, by being comforted by all of the fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit is contained inside of the gospel message. And if you reject it, all of creation is right to stand up and applaud as God catapults you to hell because you're rejecting something that your brain will never even be able to fathom, the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's what, that's what the gospel message should feel like to those that we're witnessing to. Get in on this. Don't be a fool. You're, you're on a highway to hell. God offers you life now and then, an abundant life now and then. He'll make you his friend. He will love you with the same level of love that he has for his beloved son. It is a love like you have never experienced. You can't grasp what it is going to be like that you get to know your maker. And he is going to continually transform your brain into right thinking. I hope this illustration works because I was thinking about it this morning. If you were from a foreign planet and you saw... And you, you didn't know really how Earth operates. And you saw a man on a, on a little patch of land. And he was hacking away or cutting away some of the plants, even uprooting them and just throwing them into the fire. And then he, he, was, he was doing things to them, tying them up, making sure that they were all connected together and so that they couldn't just go pointing any way they wanted. They had to go the way that he wanted he fertilized you'd be thinking um what is he doing and why is he being so mean to those plants and of course you know the gardener isn't being mean he's gardening you and i are the garden god is the gardener he's going to prune away your bad thinking and the good thinking that you do happen to possess he's going to infuse it with meaning and understanding so right now you understand okay this thing is good do you know why this thing is good Jesus will teach you that. Now you're going to know why you do what you do rather than just, well, I do what my parents told me to do. No, no, no. If it's in alignment with God's word, there is meaning to it. There is transcendence to it. There is eternity connected to it. Ecclesiastes 12, last two verses, that what we do for the Lord will last for eternity. It's going to go on for forever. So whatever your mundane activity is or your blase job is, suddenly it has life. You're doing it for God. You're doing it to glorify him. You're doing it to serve his children. And that will carry on into eternity. That's the offer that God has. And if you reject that offer, oh, friend, friend. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.